0: You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com.
1: Thank you for listening. Welcome back into the Doctor's Lounge. I'm your host, Dr. Hal Schurz, and every week, myself and my co-host, new co-host, Dr. Scott Barber, come to you and bring you all the information that you need so that you can responsibly advocate for your family and for yourself so that you can get the best health care available possible out there in the community, and this show is brought to you by the Docs for Patient Care Foundation, which is the only physician led healthcare care think tank in the u s our website is dot pcfoundationorg We need your support. We're here for you in this time of crisis, and this is a crisis situation. We'll talk all about this on the show today, but the Docs for Patient Care Foundation stands for healthcare freedom and for the doctor-patient relationship, and it's no more important uh, at any other time than it is right now. So please support the Docs for Patient Care Foundation. We are there for you in Washington and in your communities, and we really need your support. So please go to our website and uh, give a generous contribution so we can continue to do the work that we're doing for you. Today's show is going to be devoted to what everybody is talking about, which is uh, the coronavirus, uh, the COVID-19 virus, the Wuhan virus, whatever you wish to call it. But this is a significant problem that obviously is sucking 100% of the oxygen out of the room nationally, and with good reason. Now, I am not an expert in infectious disease and I did not sleep in a Holiday Inn Express, but I am a physician, an actively practicing physician, um, around people who are smart, much smarter than I am, and uh, and I am able to, I hope, I think, process information better than the average talking head on TV or radio, and I'm hoping that I could... um, Responsibly put this whole story together and give people information that they're looking for. Um, I tried to get a friend of mine. I'm st- I'm based here in Atlanta, Georgia, where which is the headquarters for the CDC, and I have a friend who is um, one of the experts in viruses. And I tried to get him to come on, even to talk to us for fifteen minutes. And I couldn't get through. And his wife texted me back, and I uh, said I need to talk to him. And she said, "Good luck. I can't even talk to him. He, they are so busy. They are so swamped that uh, the real experts in this country um, cannot uh, uh, talk to to us. They're they're just up to their." their eyeballs in uh, trying to um, uh, create a, uh, a policy and implement it to keep Americans safe. But, um, but I, I do think that I can speak of this just as well as any of these talking head doctors on TV. And so what I'm going to cover today is some news, some science, and some politics. And we're gonna go through that um, uh, in a uh, fairly um, uh, organized fashion. So let's start with the big news, which occurred yesterday. And um, this came from the World Health Organization. They decided to um, call what's happening a pandemic. Now, that is a very significant um, development, Um, But people need to be careful about what this means, because there are political implications regarding this, and there are social implications, and people need to understand that the term pandemic is largely symbolic. Um, An epidemic is when there is a regional outbreak of a disease that is Um, typically not found in a community, and um, it affects large numbers of people. A pandemic is an epidemic on steroids. It usually crosses countries, and it um, affects an even larger swath of the globe. But people need to understand that a pandemic is not the same thing as lethal, It's not like the bubonic plague in the Middle Ages. A pandemic simply means the introduction of a novel, infectious agent into a community, into multiple communities, and um, that that – has not been seen or or um, managed before, where there is no general immunity in in the uh, uh, community to this new pathogen. Um, this pandemic, the coronavirus, has moved across to date 114 countries, six continents. It's to date, and these numbers are very fluid. It's affected over 120,000 people and resulted in over 4,300 deaths. Now, people need to remember that we have suffered pandemics in the past. We, uh, the last one to affect um, our, our globe <clears throat> was the H1N1 pandemic of 2009, 2010 or the swine flu virus. And I'll talk more about that a little bit later. But the point is that we get through these and and people cannot panic. And that's what is happening right now. There's widespread panic. And we'll touch on that also. The next bit of news that needs to be shared is that President Trump last night addressed the nation. And he took additional steps in trying to combat this crisis. And he outlined what those steps were. They um, include a 30-day travel ban from Europe, which excludes Great Britain. The reason why is because the epicenter of this disease has shifted from Asia to Europe. Now, why that is is a a political matter. It's because perhaps there are open borders in Europe and people travel freely without really any kind of screening. None of the European countries banned the travel of individuals from where the original epicenter was, like occurred here in this country, when President Trump took the unprecedented Um, uh, made the unprecedented move of banning travel first from China and then from South Korea and Iran and then Italy. So travel bans um, did not take place in Europe, and that's why we're seeing such enormous numbers occur in Europe. We'll come back and circle back to that again also. President Trump also announced that health insurance companies would be extending insurance coverage and waiving co-pays for testing. And um, he brought in the leaders of the commercial testing companies, Quest, LabCorp, and got their cooperation so that these test kits would be available. And as reported yesterday, Um, by um, former FDA um, uh, Director Scott Gottlieb. And uh, in a tweet, he um, said that by the end of the week, the capacity for testing will reach or exceed the ability to test greater than 20,000 people per day. And a lot of that has to do with the cooperation of not only the commercial laboratories, but also the academic community and the um, and and the uh, uh, United States Health Service um, that's that's working in tandem with the CDC and with um, NIH and other government agencies. The other things that President Trump announced last night was that there would soon be announced emergency actions to provide financial relief for workers who become ill or who need to be quarantined in an attempt to try to allay fears of those who are living paycheck to paycheck that if they feel that they need to stay home that they do stay home and they don't come to work and get others um, uh, potentially infected with um, this virus. He also talked about deferring tax payments without interest or without penalties to individuals and businesses that are negatively impacted by this crisis. That will increase liquidity in the marketplace so that people are not strapped for cash. Um, when they have less money coming in and having to pay taxes. And so the president is is taking action against this uh, uh, crisis, probably um, to an extent greater than any other leader in the world. And the um, politicization, politicization of this whole process is something that is really very dangerous and is harmful to, to our country, to every American, and we'll get back to that also. We're gonna try we're gonna cover all of this, but we'll be jumping around a little bit. I'm gonna try to stay in order, but everything is just so intertwined. Here's some more news items because every hour there's news coming out about this, and it's such a fluid, Problem that you know people are glued to their TV sets or to their radios, trying to soak up as much information as they can, and I'm not sure that that really is um, is a healthy way to approach this. And uh, we will talk about some healthy ways in a moment. But back to some some of the latest news regarding COVID-19 or coronavirus. Italy ordered virtually all businesses to close. They've had over 12,000 cases. Um, two weeks ago, they had 500 cases. So this is clearly escalating at a rate that, that uh, is, is um, beyond uh, comprehension. They've had 827 deaths in Italy. Also coming from Europe, France reports 2,300 cases. Spain, 2,200 cases, and Germany, 1,600 cases. And again, this is very fluid. The chief chief of health care in, in uh, uh, Germany predicts that um, 60 to 70 percent of all Germans will get this virus, which is just absolutely astounding. And again, I... Um, You know, worry that this speaks of the open border policy and the lack of restrictions in the European Union. The NBA yesterday suspended their season after a player for the Utah Jazz tested positive for COVID-19. Tom Hanks and his wife, Rita Wilson, tested positive yesterday while um, on location in Australia. The stock market futures for today, um, March 12th, are already predicted to be down another 5%, and that is a drop um, from the already 20% drop in the stock market um, that we have seen. The bull market, the um, 12-year bull market, has come to an end uh, because of this um, uh crisis around the globe of COVID-19. Universities are closing every day, um, and, uh, um, either, uh, they're getting, uh, giving their students early spring break or they are closing entirely for the rest of the semester and offering classes online. All the Ivy League universities have closed. Um, this closure is happening all throughout the country as um, uh, college-age kids are being told go home and, uh, and go back home where your parents are. The NCAA, uh, the National Collegiate Athletic Association, uh, has the annual March Madness tournament uh, starting on uh, Tuesday of next week. This will be played in front of empty stadiums. The NCAA has uh, uh, put a, a, a stop to spectators coming into the tournament, which will have tremendous, tremendous um, financial implications to communities that were hosting this including Atlanta where the final four was scheduled to be played. This is not unprecedented. This started a few weeks ago in Japan where the Japanese Baseball League made the determination that they were going to play their baseball games in in uh, um, empty stadiums. Senator Maria Cantwell, Democrat from Washington State, had a staffer in her D.C. office yesterday who tested positive for COVID-19. It's not a, unreasonable to think that this is um, going to affect others in in government. This, this is going to be a disease that Um, affects a large swath of individuals in this country. Um, Mark Meadows, the uh, congressman from North Carolina who is replacing uh, Mick Mulvaney as the chief of staff at the White House, and Paul Gosar, the congressman from Arizona, are on self-quarantine after they contacted a COVID-positive person at the CPAC meeting last week, the St. Patrick's Day parade was canceled in New York and in Boston and in Chicago. The South by Southwest conference in Austin, Texas, which is the um, left or liberal um, uh, analog now to CPAC, was uh, was suspended in Austin, Texas. Um, so so these are some of the news items um, that uh, are happening uh, as we speak, and, and we're seeing this change hour by hour. As of right now, COVID-19 has been reported in 40 states across the country. The current figures, I put this together last night at 1 in the morning, the current figures last night were 1,100 cases and 31 deaths as of 7:30 a.m. today those numbers went up to 1200 cases and 36 deaths so you can see what a fluid situation this is the hot spots in the country right now are Washington State Seattle area um, Sacramento in Northern California and New Rochelle New York where they had the lawyer who is um, uh, who uh got the um, coronavirus, he doesn't know how, but has exposed a large number of people in the New Rochelle, New York, which is in Westchester County, to this virus. And and my sister lives in New Rochelle, and they've created a one-mile buffer around this individual who right now is at Columbia Presbyterian Hospital. On, in a medically induced coma and um, and so my sister lives one point five miles from this epicenter so she's a half a mile outside of this buffer but you know who knows what that really you know even means and as of right now twenty four states have declared state of emergencies so <clears throat> this is this is um you know, a a uh, a problem that uh, that is quite serious, and I think requires a a good a, a good look and a and and a strong a strong understanding of what's going on because people are asking, how long will this last? What can they do? Is well, what about the flu? What about flu season? So let me cover some science, and 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 that will I think help. Um, to put things in perspective. There are other coronaviruses. There are six that can can infect humans. This particular novel coronavirus is the first time that this virus, which has been around, has crossed species from animals into humans. Most of the coronaviruses that are out there cause just common cold symptoms. but two of them have caused outbreaks in the past. The SARS virus and the MERS virus are two um, examples of coronaviruses. This particular coronavirus, the COVID-19, COVID means the coronavirus disease. That's what COVID means. And this 19 is a specific um, uh, uh, categorization of this coronavirus. It affects mostly the elderly and the immunosuppressed. They are the ones who are at the greatest risk. Most infections cause fever as the immune system fights to clear the virus. And in severe cases, the immune system can overreact and it can start attacking lung cells. And these lung cells can become obstructed with fluid and dying cells, which make it difficult to breathe. That's why shortness of breath is one of the symptoms of this disease. And a small percentage of the infections, a small percentage, can lead to adult respiratory distress syndrome, or ARDS, and possibly death. We know that the death rate for this disease is high. What is a high death rate? A high death rate is some is a disease where it affects and, and, and causes death in a large percentage of patients. Now, a large percentage of patients as a doctor to means something very different to me than it does to the general population. The flu, and this is according to Dr. Anthony Fauci, who's the head of NIH, The flu causes death in one-tenth of 1% of individuals. That is a high death rate. And we see in the United States anywhere from thirty to 70,000 deaths every year from flu season. This disease has an even higher death rate. It's 10 times as great. It's 1% of the people affected. That means one in 100 people who get this disease will will die from it. But 99% of people don't. 80% will never even have symptoms that are greater than a severe cold or a mild flu. So the panic that is set in is really the fear of the unknown, it's that 1%. And this goes back to how I present things to patients. You know, if I have, I I am a urologist and I take care of people and uh, I take care of exclusively children But one of the problems that I take care of involves the testicles, and and, and parents are concerned about whether or not their child who has a testicle that has not come down is at risk for cancer in the future, and it's all how you present it. So that if you told somebody that the risk of cancer is 35 to 70 times greater in that condition, they panic and they leave your office in tears. But if you tell them that the risk is, yes, 35 to thirty-five to 70 times greater, but that's 35 to 70 people out of 100,000, we're talking about a rare event. Well, this is also a rare event. 99 out of 100 people will not... Die from this disease. They will get it and get better, but it's the fear of the unknown. It's that one percent that makes people um, uh, puts them at on edge. And I think that that we need to put that in perspective. But as a physician, a one percent mortality rate, and we call death rate mortality rate. That's that's significant. Um, a future vaccine can help the body produce antibodies. That target this um, virus and it will prevent it from infecting human cells and the flu vaccine works in a similar way, but the flu vaccine will not work against this particular virus, nor will the mitigation um, treatments like um, like uh, um, uh, the, uh, uh, the the flu oh i 'm having a brain a brain cramp right now. The uh, Tamiflu, that won't work against this either because this particular virus has a protein. They all have their own signatures. And this has a signature that's different than the influenza virus. So what's the best way to manage things? The number one way is not to panic. Do not panic. You need to live your life like you like you do, live your daily life, but you need to use common sense. So what is common sense? Common sense means hand washing. You need to wash your hands whenever you are in contact with something outside your house or you're in, a, a, in an area where many people could have gotten in, in contact with what you're in contact with, doorknobs, banisters, subway, rails, whatever. You need to wash your hands and or use hand sanitizer. Hand sanitizer is not a a, a substitute for good hand washing, but it will help. The second most important piece of common sense is that if you are sick, stay home. If you go out and you think you're you might be infected, if you have to go out, those are the people who should wear a mask, not people who are afraid that they're going to catch this disease. That is ridiculous. It does not do any good, and it actually um, the 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 um, the glut on the supply of these of these products is is uh, I mean the the shortage. Created by by this demand, this irrational demand on so many of these products could be detrimental to the real healthcare community who needs those masks to be able to deliver healthcare. Um, So the take-home message there is don't leave your house if you're sick. If you have to and you think you are, wear a mask, but you don't need a mask if you're not sick. Cover your mouth when coughing or cough into your sleeve. Um, Try not to let um, airborne particles uh, get out there or get onto surfaces. Avoid touching your face. Everybody does this, and this is a very difficult habit to break, but that's really where this disease gains entry into the human host through mucous membranes, eyes, nose, mouth. So try to avoid that. If you are in an area where you have surfaces that are being in contact by individuals, um, you're at work and there are keyboards, there are telephones, there are mouses, there are screens, clean them frequently with with, um, uh, the uh, antiseptic wipes that have um, chemicals in them that will be effective against killing viruses. We heard about social distancing social distancing is is important it It means that if you are going to be in you know a, a place where there are people like in church like in the grocery store, try not to crowd close to people keep a, a, a distance from them that 's the, the, the best the best um, policy is trying to um, prevent catching it. So that also means avoiding crowds, and that 's why sporting events have been cancelled that 's why meetings have been cancelled. I know that my wife 's ophthalmology meeting um, in Austin, Texas, in two weeks was canceled last night, as are medical meetings all around the country and that 's you know coming from uh, a place where doctors are actually treating people who might have this disease and are coming in contact with them. Their meetings, our meetings are being canceled. Question that people ask is, can you boost your immune system? And the answer is, not really. You can't do anything specific. Some of the recommendations about trying to become healthier and improve your immune system to try to fight this off and and not catch this disease would be to, number one, lower stress. That's hard to do right now with the stock market and free fall and people um, reporting on this um, around the clock minute by minute and putting people into a, a, a you know panic. The second is to improve your sleep habits. Try to get an adequate amount of sleep. The more sleep you get, the more um, protected your immune system is. Vitamin D is important. Um, Vitamin D may help fight off respiratory illness uh, because it potentiates antimicrobial proteins that your body produces that can kill off a virus. That's why, and nobody knows, I've I've looked this up and I can't find a real answer to why we have a flu season you know is it because there's you know at a certain period of time the flu packs its bags and goes on vacation of course not but it may have something to do with this vitamin D business which in the summer months when there's more sunlight greater exposure people have higher vitamin D levels their respiratory system is is juiced up and they are at less risk for being infected by a virus that primarily attacks their respiratory system. So this is something that you can do to boost that. You should avoid excessive alcohol consumption. That is a immune suppressor. And you should have a balanced diet. You should exercise. And you should try to avoid all of these unproven supplements that you might read about on the internet, which are all hocus pocus and really don't work. So that's the science that I've covered. We've got a break that we're going to take right now, and this is going to be the only break in this show. So we'll come back and we'll talk about the politics when we come back in the doctor's lounge on this special um, episode of coronavirus reporting. So stay with us.
0: The Docs for Patient Care Foundation is your way to join the fight and become a member of an organization created by doctors for patients dedicated to fighting for your health care freedom and preserving the doctor-patient relationship. Get a pen and paper. Write down uh, www.docsforpatientcarefoundation.org. That's (laughs) www.docsforpatientcarefoundation.org. Go to our site and please make a generous tax-deductible donation and join the fight today. Thank you. I was over at my other house and... uh, the they Docs for Patient Care Foundation is your way to join the fight and become a member of an organization created by doctors for I patients dedicated to fighting for your health care freedom and preserving the doctor-patient relationship. Get a pen and paper. Write down Docs
1: Well, they're in the, they're in the health foundation. service. They're not military. They're health service.
0: That's patientcarefoundation.org. Go to our site and please make a generous tax-deductible donation and join the fight today. Thank you.
1: Back in the Doctor's Lounge, I'm your host, Dr. Hal, and this is a special show of the Doctor's Lounge addressing this uh, health care emergency that our country is in the midst of the coronavirus. By by the way,
0: Hal, uh, for whatever it's worth or not worth, you were talking about flu season, and... uh, you know why is it in the winter time well that's when we're all stuck together in places you know that's what some
1: people say david but again i'm I'm not i'm not so sure that that's necessarily you know it it, it may be a factor but but i think it has more to do with people's innate way of of treating this and they're more susceptible i think it's susceptibility rather than co-vivality but that's, you know, I don't think anybody really has an answer. I, I certainly haven't been able to find one for that. So it's impossible to address this this crisis without really injecting politics into this. And um, it's very difficult, very painful to watch partisanship when we're talking about uh, an international crisis like this. And it is the Rahm Emanuel... Um, uh, theory of never letting a crisis go to waste, and the Democrats have jumped all over this. Um, the media, which has, of course, um, a uh, uh, a big stake in this because they hate Trump and everything that he does, has a has a uh, agenda to um, not report anything good. I went onto social media yesterday. And I wanted to just see what's being reported by Google. And it wasn't until the um, ninth page on Google that there was one positive story about Trump and the Trump administration and how they're handling the corona. Um, crisis. Everything up until that point was what a bungler he is and how he's shown no leadership and how he's dropped the ball. And this is really not doing anybody any good. And it's really a disgrace that there are people in this country who hate Trump more than they love this this country, and more than they love the Americans who live in this country, and not and not taking the best interests of people um, at 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 the forefront. Al, hey, so,
0: how may I add something to? You're that, you're
1: chomping at the bit to get in here, David.
0: <laughs> no, I'm not chomping at the bits, but I, I was amazed at the number of people, and and we had one host come in and just raising hell about Trump and how he had torn up traffic when he came to the CDC. Well, you know, and then we turned around and we had our agent in charge explain a little bit about how the how the president travels. And everybody was um, so upset about the fact that Trump had just devastated traffic in Atlanta. Well, the reason being, why didn't he take his helicopter? The reason being is you have to have air clearance in prior to the helicopter lifting off from dobbins or any place else and uh, they didn't have clearance for him to fly from dobbins to uh, the cdc and they felt like the secret service felt like at the time the safest mode was by ground okay. and yet I, I people were faulting him for
1: coming here and going to the cdc personally I'm glad he's participating. Right, right. So so what has President Trump done so far? Well, what he has done is he's banned travel from China, then Iran, Italy, and South Korea. He has authorized an $8.3 billion package to fight the coronavirus. And right now, um, it, it he wants to do more, and there are people who are resistant to that because quite honestly, I think that there are a number of people in Washington who want to see um, President Trump fail in this regard, who think that it will be good for them and good for their political party if that happens, and they're not concerned about the welfare of individuals. They'd rather see the president fail, and they're not willing to lift a finger to help to make that happen. Um, he has eliminated the red tape that gets in the way of developing treatments like antiviruses and cures like vaccinations. Um, he's uh, authorized the FDA to fast track any of these um, treatments that um, are developed. They've expanded the uh, testing kits. He's taken a lot of criticism about not having these testing kits available, and uh, you know they're they're. There may be some legitimate criticism um, with regard to that, but nonetheless, this is a very complex issue, and um, like Dr. Gottlieb uh, tweeted yesterday, by the end of the week, we'll have over uh, enough kits and enough cooperation from commercial testing laboratories so that over 20,000 people a day can be tested. He's named a COVID response team, and he is President Trump has taken a tremendous amount of criticism about this. But this team are probably the best people in the country to handle this. And there is absolutely no partisanship. They're saying that the the critics are saying that President Trump is a buffoon. He doesn't take science seriously. How can you say that when you look at the team of people that he has put there in charge to handle this crisis? Now, people are criticizing the fact that Mike Pence is the point person. Well, Mike Pence, as the governor of Indiana, created one of the best health care plans that a state in this country had produced. And he is more than capable of being able to help head a team of experts to respond to this crisis. Um, Dr. Anthony Fauci, the head of the NIH, he is is the point person. We hear him giving updates every day. He warned that we need to change our behavior, that we need to contain the influx of of, of uh, this disease in the country and the mitigation of spread. And we've he said that we've not seen the worst of it. But prompt response, he said, by President Trump to ban travel from China so quickly likely saved thousands of lives. That's the head of the NIH who said that. Um other people on this team, Secretary Alex Azar, Secretary of HHS, who not only is, is the head of Health and Human Services, but has a background in the pharmaceutical world and knows all of the players there. Dr. Deborah Burks is the new Coronavirus Response Coordinator for the White House. She is the State Department Global AIDS Director. Has, nobody has more experience with pandemics than she does. Dr. Robert Redfield is the director of the CDC. He is the nation's chief public health officer. He co-founded the Institute of Human Virology at the University of Maryland. This is the people who are on his team, including Dr. Jerome Adams, who's the Surgeon General, um, Seema Verma. Who is the um, administrator of um, of uh, of Medicare and Medicaid, and Ken Cuccinelli, who heads the U.S. Citizenship and Immigration Service, which is a very very critical critical part of key, of preventing the um, influx of disease into this country, as Doctor Fauci had mentioned is necessary. But despite having a group of Experts, the best people in the world, in the world, to handle this. The president has faced constant criticism from Democrats who have absolutely no answers. Um, the, if, if you contrast what's going on with the media and how they're handling this compared to how they handled the last pandemic – which was the H1N1 pandemic, or the Ebola crisis, both of which were bungled by the administration under which those crises landed, which was the Obama administration. We didn't hear a peep from the mainstream media. Every every night we may have gotten a one-minute blurb on national news about what was going on with H1N1 or the swine flu virus. When in fact this was a very very significant problem in this country in 2009 at the start of this outbreak, um, there were uh, it began in April and it was not declared in a national emergency until the end of October. Not until over a thousand Americans had died this H1N1 crisis in 2009 affected 60 million Americans with 274,000 hospitalizations and 12,500 deaths. This was under the Obama administration and yet if you ask people about this they barely remember it even happening because the media did not punish the um, the commander-in-chief at the time who would have looked bad but anything that can be said that is anti-trump is newsworthy and is uh, going to be escalated to a point where um, it is uh, in in, in the, President Trump is incapable of doing anything good when it's quite the opposite where he has done way more faster than for a health care crisis facing this country than any other president um, in in uh, our history um, people people um, criticized the president for not taking this seriously and he was in a no-win position if he w- would have been um, uh, more alarmist he would have been accused of panicking the American public. Instead, he tried to portray an air of calm to try to explain to people what I mentioned in the first segment, which is that this is a rare disease. It's 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 rare, and yet it's not rare. And again, it depends on how you spin it. So if you say that the death rate is low and that most Americans will not um get overly uh, significantly sick uh, from this. Most will recover without any problem. that's that's different than if you say that there's a, 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 a ten times greater death rate from this than from the flu. It's how you present it. And people need to be, uh, presented information a, in in a way that will calm their fears um, quell the jitters that people are having, which is affecting their livelihood their daily their daily routines, and their long term financial future because this will have um, financial implications that will last for a while it 's not permanent. The stock market, the um, the shortages in the uh, in, in on Main Street, those will all go away. But this is the time not to panic, but to pull together and use common sense. Um, the The president has coordinated with lab testing companies, with insurance companies, with banks, to try to mitigate the financial and the scientific obstacles. That are um, uh, so so prevalent right now that are that that need to be addressed so that we can move forward and uh, get ahead of this crisis. Some interesting news that that uh, we need to circle back to is that there are reports that a uh, a breakthrough is imminent with regard to a vaccine for. COVID 19. Scientists at uh, Israel's Institute for Biologic Research announced yesterday that in the coming days they anticipate a vaccine for COVID 19. They've been working on this for four years, not specifically for COVID 19, but toward a vaccine that could be customized for various viruses and could be adapted to the changing profile uh, that a a specific virus would present with. And this is one of those areas that they're um, gearing up and ready to uh, put into testing a, a vaccination. Once this is out there, it'll probably be about 90 days. That's a fast track for something like this but this is the uh, first breakthrough in terms of um, a real vaccination that, uh, will, will, uh, that's promising that we'll be able to uh, hopefully um, uh, put a, uh, a damper on this, on this uh, disease. Um, the southern border needs to be brought up in context with coronavirus over 300 chinese nationals have been apprehended since the beginning of 2020 trying to illegally enter the us and if you re- remember the chinese new uh, there were reports that the chinese knew about this outbreak as early as as uh, december of 2019 so whether or not these are chinese nationals who are Trying to escape China because they're afraid of the the pandemic that was go, was imminent there, or whether or not this is intentional and uh, an attempt by the Chinese government to implant infected individuals in the U.S. You know you can take this in any direction that you want, depending on how much of a conspiracy theorist you might be. You know, some people, the Chinese can't be trusted. We know that. In fact, the Chinese are now taking exception at this disease being labeled the Wuhan virus, despite the fact that we know that it started there. And I find it very odd that the um, disease uh, the epicenter the place where this was purportedly started is in the same place where the Chinese virology lab is located and I I'm not saying that this is a intentional um, outbreak but accidents happen here in the u.s a few years back there was uh, an accident at the CDC where there was um, uh, a uh, um, Uh, one of the infectious agents got out. Now the CDC got their arms around this very quickly and prevented this from becoming a major problem. But the Chinese are not to be trusted and they did not do a good job. And and it's got to be remembered that whether or not this was from an animal source, from their laboratory, or something even worse, this disease Started in China, it is China's fault. It's not the U.S.'s fault, and the critics about how the president and how his efforts are um, are going and saying that this is being mishandled should not be criticizing the president and the administration. They should be criticizing China. They should be criticizing those around the world. Who have led to this situation? I'll tell you who what it's led to this situation. And I, I, I again, I don't want to bring um, politics into this crisis, but you, you need to really um, step back and take a look at why we're in the position we're in. We're hearing about a shortage of critical medicines. Well, many of those critical medicines are made in China. We're talking about a shortage of masks and of other um, uh, medical supplies that are critical to the smooth operation of our medical system. Many of those, a good number of those, are manufactured in China. The people who started this um, globalization, this one-world kind of effort to... Open up markets around the world and um, be one community, one international community. Are the Democrats, the um, Chinese, were allowed into the World Trade Organization under Bill Clinton, and and they were given the ability, despite. Their um, their system to be welcomed as a uh, a member into the World Trade Organization and and that give them all the rights and all of the um, opportunities to uh, be able to control markets that now we're dependent on. Now this is this is something that President Trump has been absolutely clear about trying to bring things back into the U.S. and this crisis is is a perfect example of why Democrat policies put our country at in extreme risk and why we need to focus on bolstering our economy so that we're in a position to be able to handle this. Now, right now, our uh, economy is the best in the world in a large part thanks to president trump not thanks to president obama as many in the media are trying to spin it our our economy is going well De- there's deregulation in industries things are occurring right now that is putting us in a position to be able to respond to this healthcare emergency better than any other place in the world. And if you don't believe that and you want to believe WHO data, go right ahead and and do so because the WHO is one of those UN One World global organizations that that, uh, holds the U.S. in disdain and the things that we do um, at, at a at a uh, at a level far lower than is actually the case. Um, we are the leaders in the world. We are going to help get the world through this. Thanks to our innovation. Thanks to our um, leadership. Thanks to our uh, medical know-how, and we'll be able to um, to get through this. Um, provided that people um, don 't panic that they keep their wits about them, use common sense <clears throat> and um, and are um, you know are following the guidelines that our experts are asking us to follow in the last couple of minutes. I just want to devote this last few minutes to uh, underscoring once once again something that we bring up on this show all the time, which is the the danger of government-run health care. Could you imagine what things would be like right now if we had a government-run health care system rather than the private health care system that we have right now? You might think that oh well, if we had a government-run healthcare system, we would be in a far better position to handle what's going on right now. And nothing could be more um, uh, opposite than that logic, because in a single-payer system, the um, we we already know from from government-run healthcare systems around the world that we'll see fewer doctors we'll see fewer hospitals, we'll see drug shortages, we'll see less innovation, and at a time when we need more of all of that to even contemplate that we could be in a place we will where we will be dependent on the government to decide whether or not somebody is going to be able to get care, get treated, get tested, is a... An absolutely terrifying thought, and the the Democrat policies of um, globalization and of government um, de- um, uh, control over over various sectors, specifically healthcare is a very dangerous one, whether or not we have a Bernie Sanders running for president who is trying to do this in a revolutionary standpoint with Medicare for All, or a um, a, a, uh, a, a candidate who is trying to do this in a, um, in a uh, piecemeal fashion like Joe Biden who is an Obamacare devotee and would like to see an expansion of Obamacare in his case a, uh, a government option which is the Trojan horse to allow the government to control health care and put private health care out of business to me that is just absolutely terrifying. And I will do everything that I can to keep that from happening because in a situation like we're dealing with now, we need innovation. We need people who are um, empowered to um, uh, do things creatively and make decisions and and do things in a way that the American people will have hope to get through this. And I, I strongly believe that we, um, have, um, the tools in place to get through this. Um, but I issue this warning to Americans not to, uh, uh, believe what the media is telling them, um, but to believe their own eyes and ears, and do some research into what 's going on um, around the world with health care and uh, in this country we 've got the best system where we 're prepared we 're getting uh, where we need to get to it probably will get worse before it gets better, according to dr fauci but it will get better. So hang in there and uh, stay safe. Use common sense. And Dr. Scott will be with you next week, and I'll be back in two weeks. And we'll see uh, what uh, we'll talk about then. You're listening to America's
0: Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening.